You're listening to Spare Change Podcast, your podcast for global economics, personal finance, and investing. Remember, finance knows no limits. In today's episode, I record with Scott Stalker about all of his experiences, both military and civilian, and his transition into business ownership. Hello, and welcome to Spare Change Podcast. Today, I have on Recently retired, uh, Master Grand Sergeant Scott Stalker. Um, so Scott, I, I learned your name while I was serving under some very broad and a lot of voices that were really strong in the Intel community when I was under TUMF. Um, I'm not sure how everybody else has met you, if they're if they know you and they're listening, but for anyone who doesn't know. A little bit about you, your experiences in the military, and kind of what path you're on now. Yeah, so Dawson, thanks for having me. Um, I think uh, within the intelligence community in the Marine Corps, uh, I'm probably well known because I'm the dinosaur. I've been doing this uh, and have done this for over 31 years. And so when you stick around for a long time, people know you. Uh, Some are trying to push you off the cliff to get you out so they can move up. Um, but that's probably why I'm well known in the Marine Corps. I have uh, been in many assignments. Uh, my first one was at Marine Medium Helicopter Squadron 365, now VMM, where we found ourselves a few months into my uh, time in the Marine Corps in Mogadishu, Somalia. Um, I've served in 1st Battalion, 7th Marine, 7th Marine Regiment, multiple deployments to Iraq. Um, and then later, as I matured in the ranks and picked up Master Gunnery Sergeant, um, in 2010, I served at Marine Corps Forces Special Operations Command, Marine Corps Forces Cyber Command, um, the Defense Intelligence Agency, National Security Agency, Cyber Command, and then my last assignment in the United States Space Command. And so I had a lot, you know, anything from 17 and 29 Palms to literally Space Command and everything in between. Uh, but it gave me a lot of opportunities and a lot of opportunities to engage with Marines. And so if anyone knows me, it's probably due to uh, many of those assignments. Awesome. And, and again, I cannot stress enough how much patience and like effort it truly takes to go that far in a military career, let alone the Marine Corps. Um, I know I did five years personally um, and just the experiences that I went through, I know it takes its toll and you have to learn some hard lessons growing up in the military, especially. I know, um, a lot of the folks that I was around enlisted folks had to pretty much come into a new environment for the first time and just pick up where everybody else was already at a running pace. So yeah. I think definitely challenging Dawson, I think the key to that, and I apologize for the uh, interruption there. Um, I think the key to that, and I'll only talk from the Marine Corps. I don't, I can't speak for the other services, but as a Marine, you have to be remind, you have to remind yourself that we joined the Corps. The Corps did not join us. And so there's a set of standards, there's guidance and there's directors, there's discipline that we all agreed to. Um, and some that uh, have a hard time with that uh, find it a challenging career. You're right. 31 years, you've got to have patience um, and, and a lot of other things as well. Um, but it was an honor to serve. And quite frankly, I didn't ask to leave uh, or to retire, but it was my time. And so I got the call and then I, I moved on in August. Absolutely. And getting into, um, as you began to transition out of the military, I know from my experience and like the urge to connect with you came from, uh, you, you would be posting about that transition and kind of discussing at first within the communities you were in, but then also like broader Marine Corps and even just military in general, like that transition out can be a challenge in itself not unlike the challenge of service where we start to encounter questions and uh, new challenges that we hadn't before things that we have to do to adapt back to civilian life. So um, if you can kind of speak to what your challenges were personally transitioning and what you think some people face um, or are potentially facing soon when it comes to military transition. Yeah. Thank you for that. You know, um, I have the mindset that it doesn't matter what's going to happen. I'm going to succeed and I'm going to be successful um, no matter what. And I felt like it would have been a dereliction of duty for me to not 
walk others through what I've encountered, whether that was meeting with a VSO as I went through the VA process and understood how to do all that. And I documented that and I put that out there on LinkedIn for others to see, whether it was getting your household goods shipment set up, which I received uh, just on this past Monday and my final one comes tomorrow, um, going through that process. So there's a lot of things, whether you do four years, five years like you, 31 years like me, more. Um, there's a lot of things you go through. And at a certain point, people stop caring about what your rank is, which is which is probably a good thing. And I'm very good with that. Um, and they start treating you just like another number. And so I wanted to tell everyone how I was going through this and share that. And sometimes I would share something it didn't relate to some folks, but it related to others. And so um, I just thought, wow, it's just it's kind of a duty of mine to always help others to lean as I'm succeeded in life to look back and reach out and pull others up with me. Um, and there's a lot of things you go through as you transition. Some of it is is challenging because you lose that tribe you were with, right? You were in TUMEF when you finished up your time. A lot of Marines there, a lot of love there, a lot of great Marines. Uh, but the moment you leave, um, new Marines are coming in quickly and turnover happens. And the next thing you know, they don't know who, who Dawson is. They don't know who Scott Stalker is. Um, and so you have to deal with that as well. And so how do you stay connected to your tribe? A lot of those things. And I just thought, you know, LinkedIn was a great platform to talk about that. And it also allowed me to talk about how I was finding opportunities for employment. I started my own business, but I also do some consulting and some, some other work uh, and volunteer work as well. Uh, one is with the Wounded Warrior Project. And, and so I walked folks through how I did that and shared how they can do that as well if they wanted to. So absolutely. And, and, and I actually enjoy doing that too, because I get a lot of feedback from folks. Uh, I, get, I get feedback from flag and general officers saying, hey, what do you think about this? How can, I, how can you help me out? Um, and just like any service member, I don't care what your rank is, I'm going to help. Yeah, and I, I love that um, talking about not only just um, like peer to peer or, you know, a supervisory role, but also like going above and beyond and just any rank, any any person who is seeking that advice, seeking that guidance, you're there for. Um, it kind of plays into a common theme that I've talked with a lot of my guests about, which is um, expanding upon the hierarchy of need when we look at like what people really need to get through life versus um, there's an adapted model where the pyramids flipped on its head. And now the people who have satisfied their needs are able to uh, not only reach down and support, but also receive new information from those who uh, are, are still going through processes they've already gone through. So um, it also plays into the Marine Corps a lot where we talk about being always a, always a mentor and a resource, but also always being kind of studious and trying to learn and adapt to new situations as a group. Like what, what can I learn from people who aren't my peers necessarily? Let's say there's someone who works under me, but they're so caught up with this thing that I have no knowledge on. Uh, and it can be truly helpful to keep an open mind and learn from everyone that has knowledge around you. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a fair amount of knowledge about some things, but I don't have enough, I don't have uh, all the knowledge about everything. Um, and so if someone wanted uh, to know about uh, fixing an old engine, I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. Um, there are a lot of guys and gals out there that can do that. And I would reach out and engage with them. If you want to know about space, if you want to know about cyber, if you want to know about the future of the operating environment, military history, leadership, uh, professional speaking, those types of things, I probably am your guy. Uh, or one of your guys. And, and so I think it's it's relying on those strengths, being humble enough to say, uh, maybe it's the Lance Corporal that has the information, maybe it's the Lieutenant, uh, it might be the Sergeant Major, who knows. Um, but the beautiful thing about being retired now is I am no longer Master Gunnery Sergeant Stalker. I leased that rank. The Marine Corps loaned it to me for a set of time. I leased the opportunity to be a command senior enlisted leader. And that gave me uh, you know, front of the line for certain things. I had teams that helped me out. Uh, people built my calendar and all that. That was great. And it served a purpose for the time. Uh, but now I'm on the other side and I'm very comfortable being Scott. And 
regardless of rank. Um, I want to help others out to include civilians who have a lot of questions on those things that I have expertise in, whether that's cybersecurity, uh, cyberspace in general, uh, intelligence operations, you name it. Um, it really it, it really goes both ways. Um, the, the, the common theme here is, is how do we help others? And, and I found that the more you seek to help others instead of try to find opportunities for yourself, the more opportunities you're actually going to get because you're going to develop a professional reputation. People are going to know about your character and they're going to say, wow, I really would like to be uh, a part of Scott Stalker. I'd really like uh, to, to get him on the team or, or ask for his advice or whatever. And it leads to a lot of things. This, this, uh, this opportunity with the Wounded Warrior Project, I'm also on the board for the Marine Raider Foundation. Never in a million years would I have thought out that I would have had those opportunities. But over time, I develop a professional reputation. This, uh, this guy knows that guy who knows this guy. They reach out to me uh, and you have an opportunity. It all comes from a passion and a desire to help our Marines out, our service members, and, and whoever asks for it. And you, you just spoke to yet another, like, this is huge, um, especially when it comes to transitioning military and folks who are looking to uh, branch out, maybe potentially a career change as they transition. Networking is one of the most powerful things that we have at our disposal, especially as, you know, Marines, if you're talking to, you know, your active duty, you're talking to the S1 shop, the S3 shop to kind of make some connections there and learn things outside of your MOS, outside of your responsibilities, or we're talking as a civilian. Now you're looking to, you know, who are my mentors? Who do they know? How do I expand my network and connect to people that are going to be able to uh, expose me to some new experiences and allow me to uh, gain knowledge and skill sets that I didn't have before potentially. Um, and I think that's incredibly important to uh, veterans who are looking for opportunities as they leave the service, no matter what branch. Yeah, um, I don't know who first said this, but I know who first told it to me, and that was uh, retired Sergeant Major um, Robert Robin Fortner, excuse me. Um, and she said, Scott, your network is your net worth. And, and what she meant by that is if you are a infantry Marine, if you will, and all you know are those individuals in your squad, that's likely where your network, your net worth is, if you will. Conversely, if you reach out and you learn, you, you grow that network and you know folks in other fields and other areas with, with the idea of connecting and adding value, um, you're going to quickly see how, how much this grows and how, how large the opportunities uh, become. And so I, I, I grabbed onto that saying that, that Robin told me and, and really tried to expand my network. And here's an interesting story. So I've got my master's in cybersecurity uh, and I served in those positions. So I understand uh, the domain uh, pretty well, pretty well, not as well as others, but pretty well. And I had a phone call one day from a um, very well-known automotive company. All right, I, can't, I won't give the name out. Uh, great company, great people. And they said, hey, we'd like to talk to you. I said, okay. And I thought to myself, again, going back to that previous thought, I'm not the guy who's going to fix your car. I don't know much about vehicles. I can change a tire. I can do the basics. Um, but I'm not, I'm not that guy. I just didn't grow up doing that. So I thought to myself, this is going to be a complete waste of time. Uh, but I'm going to take the call. And I took the call. And a very senior person on the other end said, Scott, we'd like for you to be the director of cybersecurity for this company. Came with a very large paycheck, came with an awful lot of opportunities and a lot of things, many things I never would have thought was possible. All became possible because of that network I had grown. Now, I had to turn it down because of, of some other things. Um, but more importantly than I turned it down was that I turned it over to others. And I said, wow, I know a few people that would be interested in this and well qualified. Let me give them that opportunity. All right. Not just think about me and say, I don't want it and let it go away. Um, but it, it gets down to that word of mouth. And I think people, when they transition, they think they're going to write a resume, flood the market, and, and eventually people are going to uh, bite. And yeah, if you send it out to enough people, someone's going to bite. But what's more uh, efficient, and, and in the modern world, what works a lot better is if I say, wow, do you know this guy, Dawson? He's remarkable. This is what he can do. Hey, Joe. Hey, Sally. You need to interview Dawson because he's really good. They're going to interview you. Whereas if you just submit your resume, they may not even know who you are. And so your network is your net worth. 
work at it. Think of it as a mission. How do you do that? Well, I have found it's not too hard. Be interested in other people and ask them questions. And then when you're finished, remember their name, maybe get a way to contact them and write them a note, thank them for their time and ask them maybe later, hey, do you have another uh, a few minutes? I'd like to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. It's not that hard, okay? Not everyone's gonna say yes, but that's okay. That's okay. Neither is the pretty girl at the bar every time, but you got to take your shot. I uh, I can uh, somewhat relate to that. I mean, I'm I'm more of the uh, high school sweetheart guy. I found mine pretty early, so hey, that was just uh, a vignette. Was, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not giving you. Uh, no, you're good. <laughs> um, I do want to highlight, like, um, so just coming out of that conversation about you know, how important it is to network and how important it is to take lessons from everyone that you can while you're in those positions. Um, I, I did want to ask what kind of led you one, what led you to military service? And then secondarily, what kind of led you to the, the career path and business ownership and what, what inspired you to do those things post-service? Yeah. So, you know, this was a long time ago. I, I came in last century, I tell people, um, in the early 90s, um, a couple of things. One, I absolutely love America. I'm a very strong patriot. Um, you know, wherever that, wherever the national anthem playing, you're going to find me standing and saluting or put my hand over my heart. I just love our country and I believe in it. All right. And I know we have some warts and I know we have some challenges, but I still believe in this country. Number two, um, I didn't have a good upbringing and I had to get the heck out of uh, the area. All right. And so I struck a deal with my high school principal. Uh, and I said, how about uh, I do all of the work in one year? You give it to me all. I'll, I'll graduate early. He said, well, no one can do that. <laughs> I felt like saying, well, you haven't met me yet. OK. And so I finished a, a year's work of, of uh, I finished two years worth of schoolwork in six in three months. Uh, re, uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps at 16, was not able to go in that early, uh, went in at 17 as my parents signed a waiver, um, and then I joined the Corps. What led me 31 years later to start my own company and do a lot of the other things um, was the simple fact that in the Marine Corps and the military in general, um, there is a very Napoleonic range structure for the right reasons, right? So if you were a corporal, then a sergeant is in charge of you. We know this, okay, and your audience gets it. Well, as a master gunnery sergeant, I was the senior enlisted, uh, but I still had chief warrant officers, warrant officers, and commissioned officers, lieutenant through general, who uh, may or may not have had as much experience as me or, or expertise in an area, who no matter what were in charge of me. And I could not go back to that. I could not go back to that as a government employee um, having, whether I came in as a GS 11, 13, 15 S, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be, uh, someone hierarchy in that hierarchy in charge of me of government. And I knew that would frustrate me too much, um, as it did in the latter half of my career. Um, and it would also, um, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't going to pay me enough. Um, and, and so I thought I've got to do, I've got to take this on my own. And the beautiful thing about doing it on your own is, the, the reflection in the mirror is, is the reason why you succeeded or failed. And that's it. And I love working hard. I love putting in the hours um, and, and grinding and doing this. And so I wanted to do that. And, and slowly, as I've built my company um, and as I've built my network, the opportunities um, have, have been incredible to do things, right? Um, I'm literally going to Okinawa, Japan in a few days. I was down in Jacksonville, Florida recently. Um, I'm up here in Virginia getting ready to do a Marine Corps ball tomorrow night um, and, and, and a lot of things, not just within the military or the Marine Corps, but a lot of opportunities are out there. And so when an individual gets ready to transition, they have to figure out one thing first and foremost, and that is what do they want to do? I would suggest to them even before that, they would figure out what they're good at and what they're passionate about. And that should lead into what you want to do and then go after it, whether that is to be a government civilian employee, which is fine. It's not for me, but it's fine if that's what you want to do, whether it's doing the things you're doing, Dawson, owning a business like me, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I wanted to bet on myself. And I'll tell you how much I bet on myself is when I retired on the 7th of August of this year, 2023, the next morning, I put my three children, my dog and my wife in the minivan, and I had no place to go. I didn't have a house paid for yet. I didn't have anything, but I knew I was going to be okay. And we went up to Yellowstone, Montana. 
We had a good time. We went over to Mount Rushmore and we took some more time to go see family and friends. And then uh, eventually things started falling into place because I trust and believed in myself to get it done. Um, and so I think you just have to have a strong stomach, um, strong will, strong work ethic and everything like that and set all of that into motion well before you you do uh, retire or get out um, and then it can work for you. But that's that's kind of the story on why I did that. I haven't achieved all my goals yet um, and some of them uh, require many, many years and a lot of other things. But I, I think because I'm gonna put in the work, I'll get there. And And just you speaking so honestly and like open about the challenges you've come across and uh, even in your own transition, the the mentality you came into it with the confidence and willingness to challenge yourself. Those things are incredibly important to share because I think it, it will give other people that same confidence, at least to some degree. Um, I do want to tackle, uh, I know a lot of the posting um, that interested me in having that phone call with you, you know, the audience doesn't know, but last year we kind of sat on the phone for roughly an hour or so um, you were still actively uh, dealing with your own career in the military and working your transition. Uh, and, and this was much earlier in the stage where you didn't maybe necessarily have everything set up, but you were approaching it with confidence and planning as much as you could in as much advance as you could. Yeah. Um, but I want to tackle some of the discussions we had then and kind of relate to now where we are. Um, I know specifically there was a lot of concern, especially coming out of COVID and, you know, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and what are the impacts that that's going to have on everybody's, you know, day to day. Uh, I know military aspect of it is like, you got to do whatever you're called to and you have to approach that situation, you know, when it comes down to, you know, when you get the call at that point. But um, a lot of the conversation was also around, you know, what from an economic standpoint now, uh, a lot of people were having to figure out family plans, having to determine, you know, what career impact it was going to have. Um, and even now today where we're seeing, you know, global and political impacts on, you know, how the military works or how even in the civilian side of things, how careers can be impacted based on just global economics. Um, I definitely want to dive into the more challenging aspects of transition when we talk about the financials of it all. I know that's a huge challenge um, for a lot of us enlisted folks. How, how do we figure out, you know, one, like you were talking about a house for the first time for a lot of people, uh, for the first time for me, when I was leaving the service, had to have a place to live because it wasn't going to be in base housing and it wasn't going to be in the barracks. I had to have a place for my family and I to settle down post-service. Um, and I had to find a new way to get paid because the Marine Corps wasn't going to continue to once I'm out. Um, yeah. So talking those financial challenges and even like lower enlisted managing money, how can we be more effective leaders in teaching our our people how to, you know, more effectively handle, handle their finances and um, how can we guide people to, you know, not necessarily make them drink water, but like at least teach them some things to keep themselves out of bad situations. Right. So you describe that environment and what I would offer to folks is that Darwin saying where he talks about, it's not the smartest or the strongest that survives. It's the one that can adapt that does survive. We have to adapt. You don't want to spend your entire life worrying about things you can't control. I cannot control the fact that COVID was here. It existed. Um, hell, it's still here. Let's be frank. Um, but I can't control that. I can't control inflation. I can't control all of that. I need to be mindful and aware of it. Uh, but I have to live my life and prepare for it. And so what you can continue to do as Marines is focus on how do you continue to improve yourself, whether you're reading, um, being mentored, all, all these other things. As it relates to finances, there's some simple things that I would advise everyone to do. First and foremost, before you get out, either completely get out of debt or get as close to out of debt as possible. You actually don't need the race car. 
You don't need the brand name tennis shoes. You don't need all of this. This shirt probably cost $11 at Walmart. And I make an awful lot of money now, okay? And I can get a nice shirt. However, my point is that live below your means and be smart about some things because all you're doing when you go and get all those other things is you're impressing people you don't even know. The shoes are the exact same. They're all made in the same place. It's all the same stuff. So get out of debt, get out of debt. Now, once you do that, just like I would not come to me for advice on how to remodel a vehicle, I don't think you should go to the barracks lawyer for advice on finances. And so I would find either an officer or a staff NCO or an NCO who is very savvy and smart in this or do what I did, which is finding a financial advisor. I went out in town and find a, I found a financial advisor. True story. I actually asked the Sergeant Major Marine Corps, Ron Green, who's a friend of mine. I said, who are you going through? Because he had, he had retired a few years before me um, and he's doing very well. I said, who are you going through? And he said, this is who I have managed my money. And so I went through someone, I went through the same people because I trust uh, Ron Green very much. And so I would advise folks that, again, get out of debt, get out of debt, pay off the credit cards, completely get out of debt outside of a mortgage. All right. I understand that. Um, although if you can pay it off, good on you. So and then and then I think people need to get a financial advisor. Now, where I'm at is I also have a CPA. Um, someone who's helping me with my taxes because I have personal and business taxes. I have an LLC under an S corp. And there's a lot of, a lot of things in there. I don't want to get into it uh, too deep unless you want to. But the point being is being very smart about that. Understanding how you can lower your tax uh, uh, footprint, if you will, legally, legally. How do you do that legally um, by investing in your 401k, uh, all, all these other things that are out there, just being smart about it. And so I think, um, you know, you have to adapt to the times. We're in a world now where you and I are in different states. We're talking right like we're next to each other. All right. And so we know that virtual is going to be an option for a lot of jobs, remote, whatever you want to call it. Um, whereas other, other things are no longer going to exist because of this. It's highly likely that in the next 10 to 20 years, there's gonna be a lot of autonomous vehicles on the road. And so if you today are trying to start a career as a truck driver, just be aware of the environment that you're preparing for because it may not exist. And again, that's that Darwin uh, quote that talks about being able to adapt to the environment. You can worry about it, you can complain about it all you want to, but it's highly likely that as technology continues to evolve, so too will, will business opportunities, so too will um, a lot of other opportunities that are out there, pharmaceutical, you name it. And I just think it's, it's incumbent upon Marines to continue to professionally develop ourselves, to continue to get better iron, sharpening iron, so that we can adapt and succeed in that environment. All right. When I, um, when I came in the Marine Corps in 1993, true story, on New River Air Station, uh, I was a PFC and I had to go get the daily read board. And there was only one place where you can get the daily read board. And I had to go to the armory first, draw my pistol, get the classified on a floppy disk, bring it back, let the lieutenant and the gunny read it, and then, and then give it back to them. It was like four hours just to read some messages. If we still did that today, we, we would be totally outdated. The environment has changed. And, and so, so too does technology and so too does the work environment. So just, just being aware of that. But I just think, you know, back to all of that, whatever you can do, you, you just save your money, uh, be smart about that, find a financial advisor and try to get out of debt. Um, if not, get as close to it as possible before you get out. Because you're right, Dawson, um, at a certain point, it's not that the core doesn't love you. It still does. You will always be a Marine, uh, but you're no longer going to get paid to be a Marine. And, and so um, you're going to find out one way or the other because you're going to get really hungry and really cold uh, that you need a home, uh, a place to rent, uh, some chow, all those basic things as you talked about the hierarchy of needs. And, and I think that's uh, good to hear, especially coming from, uh, you know, this perspective of having been there, having made the transition and understanding, hey, you know, not everything is going to be right there. But if you start taking steps now in order to prepare for that inevitability of like, doesn't matter if you go 20, doesn't matter if you go five, 
everyone eventually leaves uh, military service or even speaking outside of that, you will eventually leave whatever career you're in now that you're being paid to, you know, accomplish tasks and do whatever on a day-to-day basis. But what are you doing to prepare for that inevitability of like, you will eventually transition into something else, whether that's retirement or another job, or, you know, you're going into business for yourself. All of those things are incredibly important to think about. And it's less important to, um, like you said, if you get caught up in worrying about things that are out of your control, it can be almost mind-numbing mind numbing and crippling to uh, move forward. But if you focus on the things you can't control, like chipping away at your debt or, you know, implementing some things to where you're not spending as much and you're still able to bring in the same amount or even more in order to build up a nest egg and kind of protect yourself from, you know, those rare cases or emergencies where money is going to have to go out whether you like it or not. Um, it, it helps to prepare as soon as you can and as, uh, as much as you can before those transitions occur. Yeah. Um, hey, Dawson, it, you made me think of something too, if you don't mind. Um, there's another thing that's going to happen to you as well. Uh, it's inevitable that you're going to get out of the Marine Corps, whether after four years or 40 uh, you're also going to die. That's that's the record of, of humanity so far. Maybe you're the one person who doesn't, but for so far, everyone has died. And, and it breaks my heart. Um, and I find that it, uh, you know, borderline immoral when I see service members that pass away um, and then I see their spouse is stuck and they got to put out a Go, GoFundMe page for them. Um, the other thing you really got to be thinking about is life insurance, long-term care, investments, all those things. Because, you know, and, and, and I want to live a long time. I really, really enjoy life. I hope to be 150. I just spoke with my grandmother, who's 98. We're planning her 100th birthday in 2025. Uh, but it's highly likely that at some point I won't live. And I don't want my wife and my daughters to be stuck um, trying to figure out the funeral, trying to figure out what are they going to do next. All right. It breaks my heart when I see that. And so back to that financial piece is thinking about that. How are you going to handle your latter years as you get a little older and you probably need some help? What are you going to do when you die? Is your, is your family taken care of? Um, and if they're not, now is the time to think about that and start making plans. I, I couldn't even say it better myself. Um, and, and I know from personal experience, uh, as I was getting ready to leave the Marine Corps and make my transition, you know, about five months prior, I, or well, a little longer, but the, the last quarter of the last full year that I was in the military, I experienced both losing my dad and losing my mother-in-law and the transition of trying to, you know, make weekend trips down to Florida on like last minute notice to kind of coordinate how we were going to move property around and shift assets and determine what was going to be done with the bodies and all of this, like it can be just so paralyzing to have to take on all of that responsibility at once. I know uh, for my wife and her siblings, it was like very much a coordinated effort because there's five of them and they have to figure out, you know, like what's the next step. They already kind of went through it with dad, but then, now there's this new challenge because we weren't prepared to lose, you know, mom so early. And for me kind of knew it was coming, but like, as far as the planning and understanding, you know, like how we were going to handle things, most of that got dealt with by other family members. But if it does come down to it and, you know, you can plan ahead for it, do that because then it won't be such a kind of like a shockwave of, responsibility from one person to the next on how we're going to handle this now that you know so and so is gone um like what are we going to do and worrying about those money questions again you know especially in the military when we have to talk about like how, how do i protect assets if you know i'm to go somewhere and not be able to come back how, how's my family going to survive without me xyz and i know there's some there's some programs and plans in place for military members I'll uh, do my best to provide those resources in the description below and like kind of provide links and information. But um, 
there, there's so much that we can do to prepare for, you know, we'll, we'll blanket it with estate planning and say, you know, if, if there's something of value to be left behind, you have to do it the right way so that your family's not, you know, kind of coordinating efforts once you're not even able to help them anymore. Like that, that can be very difficult. Um, and what you don't want to do is mix uh, the burden of those emotions with a bill as well. I mean, you're putting that on them. It, it, there's nothing you can do to avoid the emotions of loss. That is, it's just heartbreaking um, when you lose a loved one. And, and that's going to take some time to grieve. But imagine losing a loved one and then getting a bill for $50,000 or whatever the case may be as well. Again, I think it's immoral. Uh, to do that to them. And I think we all have to think through that. It's a hard conversation. You know, my wife doesn't like to have this conversation. I, I, I tell her, hey, you know, we got to do this because God forbid, you know, and she's a little younger than I am, but but there's a there's a small chance she passes before me. Uh, we got to be prepared for that. God forbid something happens to our children. Um, and certainly I want to be prepared if something happens to me so that they are okay. And um, man, I just urge everyone to start thinking about that. Now, if you are the single guy living in the barracks today, you probably don't need a half a million dollars in life insurance unless you have a unique situation. And so again, having that talk with your financial planner uh, will allow you to have a smart plan that's out there. Um, but I think everyone needs a little bit. I, I couldn't agree more. There's There's got to be at least some way to kind of navigate that especially you know like you said you're already dealing with emotions and things are running through your mind on how you're going to make that next step but like it can be even more complicated if there's you know, bills attached to it right um, I, i'm super appreciative that you brought up that topic because uh it, it definitely is one of the things that's top of mind for a lot of military members uh especially because we have to figure it out in like boot camp <laughs> while we're while we're trying to huff germex to stay awake we're like okay who's my beneficiary uh mom or dad somebody and then they just sign it and sh ship it off to somebody who takes care of it on the back end on the admin side um and that plan adjusts you know throughout your career but then when we transition or if if even you're not military but you're like still having those issues of like oh you know you don't have health or life insurance and you're going to pass and then what and and now there's all these things that have to be taken care of post haste and you know properties going through probate probate attorneys and there's a lot to tackle when it comes to those things and um i think anybody could benefit from hearing that and saying okay well maybe i should prepare maybe i should look after these things before it's an issue yeah um, so i appreciate that conversation and i'm glad you brought that up yeah, absolutely. Um, talking more about kind of that business ownership side of things. Um, I know you briefly went over it, but for those aspiring to run a business and, and a lot of veterans do, a lot of um, people in the military community aspire to uh, own a business or operate a franchise XYZ. What is some advice or some lessons that you've learned through that journey um, as far as like the initial planning and then day-to-day -day operations? Like what are, what are some things you've learned business ownership wise? Yeah. So there's some programs out there, but boots to books is one of them I would commend to folks to consider. Um, and they'll walk you through a little bit. The path I took was I wanted to start an LLC, a limited liability corporation. right? And that basically is exactly what it sounds like. So for example, if, if you hire me for a service and for some reason I punt it, um, you sue the company, you don't sue me. And that allows me to uh, not personally go broke, if you will. Um, and then there's some other things in that. I'm not an expert in all of them, but I decided to do what we call an S-corp underneath that because what it allows me to do is lower my tax footprint, pay myself a reasonable salary, and at the end of the day, uh, take home a little bit more. Um, but how did I do this? How did I figure this all out? How did I do this? Well, I ended up taking a, a, a consulting uh, job with an individual um, and uh, just a remarkable first class uh, gentleman. And he hired me for about 10 hours a week and I'm doing some things for him. Um, and I let him know what my dreams, my goals and aspirations were. And what he did was he, he loaned me the opportunity to work with his business attorney. 
And so with this business attorney, uh, a gentleman named Matt Joyner, who you could find on YouTube, who has a lot of videos out there, who talks about uh, LLCs and other things out there. Um, Matt Joyner helped me put my LLC together to register it initially in Virginia, then in North Carolina, as we found out where we were going to live. He helped me with a lot of that so that I'm legal and official now. The last thing I'm waiting on is to get my VA rating. And if it's at a certain percentage, then I can register my business as a service disabled veteran owned business, which gives me priority or close to priority for a lot of government contracts that are out there. And so now I'm going to take that. And as I go through the statement of needs for different uh, companies or government uh, corporations, if you will, um, and I see they're looking for things that I can provide, I'm going to bid on those opportunities and take advantage of, of the opportunity to do that. All right. So that's, that's, that's the plan that I have in place. Another area and how I found out a lot about this is as I transitioned, is I went through a program called ACP, American Corporate Partners. And I was assigned a, a, a mentor, happens to be a CEO of a company, a very successful individual. And he walked me through a lot of this and how I need to do this. All right. So um, starting an LLC is actually really easy um, in, in pretty much any state. Uh, there are some things you may want to read about to decide what state you want to register in. It doesn't necessarily have to be the state you reside, although there's usually a fee with that. Uh, but there's some pros and cons depending on where you physically reside. Um, starting an LLC is simple. And so I would commend to people, have that LLC so that if, if you want to hire me to mow your lawn or whatever, you're actually hiring my company. We come in and do that. We being I right now, and, and we provide that service for you. Um, and then there's other things. But what I didn't want to do first is focus on getting a perfect logo, getting a perfect website and everything. I wanted to focus on business and getting work so that I can bring in income. I will get to the logo. I will get to the website. I will get into all the symbolic things, but I wanted to focus on substance first and getting getting actual uh, work going out there. Um, and so that's that's the way I did that. There's other things you can do. So you, you don't even have to have an LLC, although I recommend it, but you can do what we call 1099 work. All right. And that could be simply, hey, Dawson, um, I see you got a side gig. I'm going to use an example here. I was driving down the road the other day and I saw this sign. Brilliant. Uh, and, and they said, hey, we hang Christmas lights. Now, imagine the market for that right now. Right. Whether you have a home that's a challenge to get on the roof, um, you're older, maybe maybe you have some uh, handicap issues, whatever the case may be. Maybe you just are lazy like me and you don't want to get on the roof. And so these, this group of people, I don't know who they are, found a, a way to, to, to identify a problem and you can call them now and, and have them uh, put the lights up on your, on your house. That's kind of like a 1099. And so they will, uh, if they're doing this legally, they'll uh, put, put in the money they get um, and then they'll pay taxes on that when, it's, when it comes time. That's a 1099 for them. That's, that's people finding a side hustle, if you will, looking at the market and being very, very smart about things uh, realizing they're probably going to make a good amount of money doing this um, up, up until the 25th of December. So you can do a 1099. You can do a W-2, which is what most people do, where you're hired as an employee to do a job. Hey, you're in charge of this. You're the program manager. You're the intelligence analyst. You're the salesman, whatever, whatever the thing is. There's a lot of, of things there um, you can do as a W-2, W-2. But those are kind of the variations that are out there, there probably are some more uh, that I either uh, don't know or I'm not thinking of right now. Um, but it gets back to the most important thing for everyone. Find out what you're good at, what you love, and then that should feed into what you want to do. All right. If you're an intelligence analyst today, which I was for 30 years, and you hate doing it, don't just get out and do that because you got a clearance and you can make money. You now have the opportunity to do things you have a passion for and you enjoy whether that's like you, Dawson, and you're starting a podcast, whatever, whatever the case may be, um, go after your dreams and, and that sort of thing. Because when you have that, you know, this is late at night, but you're, you're not saying, wow, I got to do this. You're saying, I get to do this. You enjoy doing this. I enjoy doing this. Um, and so that's what I would advise everyone. And then there's a silly book out there called uh, 1099s for Dummies, LLCs for Dummies. 
I picked the book up and I read the book. Um, and, and so, um, th that doesn't hurt either, but getting smart in, in self-study, watching some videos out there on YouTube, but lean forward and, and do this, uh, take, take control of your career, uh, make it happen by design, not by accident. Yeah. And while, while you were talking about, you know, leaning into what you want to do and trying to find, you know, in, instead of just saying, Hey, I, I want to wait until I have this perfect logo. I want to wait until I've got a perfect name for my business instead of waiting to do all that. Um, and this is something you posted about recently, actually. And I, yeah. I was looking over at my wife and I was like, you know, Scott just called me out on LinkedIn. He just, he just got me right, right where I was. He, and he shot me right through the heart with that one, because I know um, one of the things that I like to do is like, I'm, I'm like, I don't feel fully prepared. I'm waiting for X, Y, and Z. I'm waiting for X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, the timeline gets shorter and now I'm in crunch time and I have to act now um, versus, you know, have something in mind, but also start putting things into action, start applying yourself uh, in what ways that you can and drive towards something of substance so that you have like at least something going on until that perfection arrives, you know, and, and that's something that you definitely, uh, I felt like I was being spoken to directly with no. that one because you, you hit the nail on the head and it's like, don't, you don't have to be perfect initially. And it's something that I say a lot, but I, I should probably take my own advice on that. Um, well, here's another example, right? If you don't know where to invest your money today and instead of waiting 10 years to figure out, even if you put it in at least the G fund, right? Which you're not going to get a great return on investment. At least you're doing something with it. Now, I don't advise you to do that. I advise you there's some other things out there um, to, to put them in. You will get a greater rate of return, although you will increase risk. Um, but instead of waiting and, and letting inflation actually decrease the value of your money, at least you're doing something with it. Um, and so that's good. If, if you felt that I was talking to you and speaking to you, I certainly wasn't going to call you out. Um, but, but I think sometimes we all need that. We need that poke in the chest. Um, and that reminder that you are good enough. You aren't perfect today, uh, but you'll get there. And, you know, the videos I do, they're, they're right in this room right down here. Um, I got a, a squat rack here. I just, hold the, I just hold the phone and I make a video. One shot, one kill. I don't edit it. I don't do anything to it. It's, it's me. It's authentic. Uh, you can hear me occasionally stumble over a word or two. That's okay, because I think people need authenticity in this world today instead of, you know, Here's your talking points and here's what the polls say you should say. Uh, we want honesty. And, and so I'm going to do it that way. I'll get better at these videos at some point. I'll learn how to edit. I'll learn how to put a bell and a whistle on there. Um, but until I do, I'm not going to wait for the substance. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm not going to wait for symbolism. I'm going to, I'm going to provide substance. I don't, I don't think that there's any way that you could have put it better though. Like, especially when I saw that post, I was like, okay, you know, there's some things that I can do that I speak about that I can implement. Um, I talk a lot about that, how, you know, no matter, no matter what stage you're in, you might see people being like crazy successful at something that you want to do just because you're not at that level, or just because you're kind of still working out the kinks yourself. Doesn't mean that you don't have value to provide. Doesn't mean that you can't achieve things that are within your goals. Like you can always take that first step. You can always, put momentum in and, and achieve something on your way to what you deem perfect or what you deem uh, your goals are. Um, I would invite folks to read the recently re book, re, uh, released book on Elon Musk. Um, he had no chance. Um, this, this guy had a father who was very verbally abusive. Um, he uh, was physically abused growing up. Um, and now this guy has more money than some nation's. He is going to put people on Mars. He has, uh, you know, you name it, Tesla. I think in a few days, we're going to have the Cybertruck out there. All of these things. This is a guy who the president of Russia threatened to shoot one of his satellites out of the sky as he was providing Starlink to the Ukrainians. And he said, go ahead, I'll just put 50 more up. I mean, this, this, is, this is incredible what he has done. And, and I've been to some of the SpaceX uh, buildings and I've seen the rockets and everything. And they have failed multiple times, but they learned and succeeded uh, instead of waiting for perfect. And I think um, 
that is a great uh, vignette for all of us. You're not going to start today and have $50 billion. Um, and I don't know that the goal needs to even be that, that um, outrageous. Uh, and I know it's not for me. Uh, but whatever your goals are, they are achievable, but you have to, it takes time, just like as we're talking finances, compound interest. It's actually really not hard to make a million dollars. It takes a little bit of time. Um, if, if you do it the right way, you can get there and you know that. Absolutely. And um, just going back over all the topics that we've reached, like th there are steps that you can take no matter what stage you're in. If you're active duty or you're in a job that you know you're going to like eventually not have, you can take steps to prepare yourself for that transition. Uh, you know, you're going to die. You can take steps to prepare your family for those events or, you know, you want to start a business. You can take steps now to get ahead of those hurdles, you know, ease yourself into things by planning and taking action now before you're there. So I think that's a big uh, trend that we've kind of hit here is don't plan to be perfect, plan to take steps and take action now so that you don't have to, you know, stress perfect the whole time on your way there. Um, and all of the things that you've said just resonate with me and I'm sure they're going to resonate with whatever audience is listening and we'll both continue to talk about these things until we're blue in the face, but I definitely wanted to go ahead and say thank you for, uh, spending some time talking, uh, and going over some of the challenges you faced and talking about, you know, your experiences and what has gotten you to where you are today. Um, Definitely want to give you the mic and let you speak to anywhere that people can find you, that people can learn more from what you're doing and how, how you are going to continue your journey. Yeah, Dawson, thank you very much. And as a fellow Marine, uh, today's the 13th of November as we're recording this. Uh, and so we're three days past, but happy um, birthday to you. To our veterans that have served, um, happy Veterans Day again. Uh, we just had Veterans Day here. It's an honor to be a member of the tribe with all of you. Um, how you can find me is, is, is I'm pretty easy to find, although I'm hard to corral, um, is I'm on LinkedIn. All right. So you look for Scott Stalker on LinkedIn and I'm there. If you think you're having a conversation with me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook, you are not because I'm not there. There are, there are some fakes of me out there and there's nothing much I can do about that. And I also recently... Uh, launched my own YouTube uh, channel, which I'm slowly putting out uh, different videos as I think of things that I think would add value. So Dawson, thank you for having me. Um, really an honor. I look forward to seeing this out there and for both of us to con continue to share uh, our wisdom and to help others as best we can. All right. Semper Fidelis. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And you have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Spare Change Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, follow, and share. And remember, finance knows no limits.